welcome to Niche Reacts. I'm your host, Emmy McDonald, here with my co-host, Alex Martin. Hello. Apologies in advance for my voice. It's uh, I've been sick. It's probably going to get progressively worse as I think we it's go kind on of, and I get more worked up. I think it's kind of sultry. Mm, you know, well, you, sound, you sound raspy like a jazz singer. <laughs> we'll go with that. That's always how I like to think of it. Like when I'm sick and I'm, you know, right on the edge and the, like, I mean, the, the downside is when you have the voice cracks and you're like, oh, that's cool. I'm a 13 year old prepubescent boy. <laughs> but like, other than that, then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, I sound like a woman with a past <laughs> and a cigarette. <laughs> habit. I sound mysterious. Yes, exactly. Exactly. How are you? How's your week? Oh, not bad. My uh, Pete's mom was in town. His uh, his uh, Catherine got her wedding dress today. So we Aww. went to lunch. We went to lay dip just a little a little bit ago. Very so, nice. So yeah, doing not bad. French not bad. food. French food. I did great. They have good coffee. Good lattes. Yeah. Yep. How about you? I got I got a spiced cold brew today that was really. Mm. The, and the the barista said to me, he was like, um, I would recommend that you do it with cream and sugar because it really brings out the spice flavor. And I was like, don't have to tell me twice. Like, sure. <laughs> that's my favorite sentence. Someone, someone being like, no, actually, please don't drink this coffee straight black. And I was like, <laughs> rock and roll. Um, Sounds great. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's uh, it was good. I uh, Well, this week was Valentine's Day. I actually thought we oh, would yeah. talk a little bit about Valentine's Day as a concept to kind of get going. Um, because Nisha Potatoes was, if you'll recall, founded oh, yeah. on Valentine's Day two years ago. Yeah. So and happy I birthday to us. I was thinking about that during the Super Bowl because I remember it was the Super Bowl with the Bengals and the Rams. Oh, yeah. I was finishing up writing our first thing that we like put out uh, during the Super Bowl <laughs> with like a group of people. <laughs> Classic me. Um, I was like, oh, I'll do this after. And I'm like, no, I won't. Yeah, absolutely not. Won't. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, no. So Nation Potatoes is two years old, which is fun. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I do think Valentine's Day is such an interesting litmus test uh like for kind of where we are culturally societally like based on what you see on instagram of people's perception of valentine's day and the way they're talking like you can there because there have been years in the past where people like really go out of the way to make people that are celebrating Valentine's Day feel really guilty about celebrating Valentine's yes. Day and being happy about it. Um, which, I mean, I like personally, I've always thought that that's really weird. I think like, you know, and I get it. Like, maybe it hurts your feelings to have a day where like you're reminded that you're single, whatever. But like, for me, like, I, you know, I've never... <laughs> personally i've never taken being single as this thing where it's just like oh my god there is a day like where i where i'm spending my life trying to forget about the fact that i'm single you know what i mean like it's like i don't wear that as a cross like that's not that's never been like (laughs) something that i feel like i'm like i have to bear like it's just you (laughs) you just are you know like either you're with somebody or you're not and if you're not like you're doing your own thing and you're 
working on yourself. And it doesn't have to be like a perpetual state, which you are trying to leave, you know, like that's fine to just no. be its own thing. Um, and it's but like, also, I always think I, about it. It's just like all kinds of love. Right. You can celebrate. Right. Right. Celebrate your girls. I love, I love, I love to send it. I always send a Valentine's day text to my girlies. Like I, you know, like we love love. What's wrong? Do you remember the group of us all went and got our makeup done at Ulta and then went to Red Robin? (laughs) I think to see Valentine's day, the movie. I think that's correct. Um, which I just yeah. rewatched recently, like with my mom and my, we were sitting around, we wanted something to watch and it was, we were like searching for mindless. Um, and we turned that movie on and like, man, oh man, are there pieces of that, that just have not aged well. Like, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> ooh, there were some like out loud oofs, but honestly, Watching it now as an adult, I actually appreciate Taylor Swift's performance a <laughs> lot more than I did at the time. Like at the time, I remember being like, that's so embarrassing, like that she thinks that that's what a high school girl is like. And now like watching it as an adult, I'm like, I feel like this is what a high school girl is like. <laughs> I actually feel like she uh, really got that. Yeah, it feels like at the time it felt like a caricature and now I watch it and I'm like, this is like a very grounded, realistic performance of what a teenager is like. So I found that interesting. I was like, oh, look at me. I am a grandmother now. Um, But yeah, like, I don't know. I've also, I always think it's like, I think it's weird to approach it like, oh, well, other people are happy. And I like, you know, other people are in relationships that they're happy about. I'm not in a relationship to be happy about. And so I don't feel like other people can be happy if I'm not happy. Like, I think that's kind of weird. It's like, why would you not just be excited about people being in love? That's nice. Like, that's a nice thing. Also, people that tend to be the strongest, most fervent anti-Valentine's Day haters are the people that the minute they get coupled up, they're like, <laughs> oh my God, look at the teddy bear of my baby, Gabby. I love you so much. You know, like it's all of that. And you're yeah. just like, oh God. Like I did. Less- I thought this year of Instagram, like I saw a lot of Valentine's Day posts. I feel like more mm-hmm. than ever before. And I don't know if I just, everyone I follow is in a relationship or married all of a sudden. Yeah, but I was like, oh, my sister said the same thing. You know, my sister's five yeah. years younger than us, and she was like, "I feel like I saw like a lot," and I was, so I was wondering if the if maybe some of it is like you know some of the stuff that we've been talking about, which is like the sort of like sincerity is mm-hmm. in vogue again, right? But also <laughs> like, uh, like being chill is kind of out like people are just like I'm in love like and I think that's nice and I think you should think that's nice I I was watching um a clip from a podcast that Allison Roman was just on and she made a comment about that she loves Bud Light it's one of her Mm. favorite beers and they're like really like it's just a beer and she's like yeah like it just it's just exactly what you need and she's like she's like I just I've seen more people now with like the Josh wine like she's like I just think that like liking like shitty Chardonnay and all this stuff like unironically is going to be like in quote unquote and I think maybe this is part of it just to be like if you like it just like it 
Like, it doesn't have to be, like, ironic or, like, a joke. (laughs) And maybe we're just all getting old. I think that's part of it. Because do you remember, I mean, when we were, like, 23 years old, your mom, like, we wanted to put, we wanted a pillow that said something (laughs) that we were going to put on our couch. And I remember you being on the phone with your mom and your mom being like, does everything with the two of you have to be ironic? (laughs) Like, And I think part of it, like, it. Part of it is just that. Part of it is that, like, as you get older, you're like, I do not have the energy to, like, like things ironically. I have, I like the things that I like, and I need to, like, go toward them with efficiency. I don't have time to waste on, like, things that I, like, faux-like or like for cultural cachet or, like, whatever. Like, I just, like, I like the shit that I like, and that's it. Like, I'm over it. I mean, yeah, yeah, like, whatever. I also... You know, I I think like something that I've always held pretty strongly about is that like I think it's okay for there to be a difference between knowing that something is like good, right? And like Mm -hmm. has value and is of quality maybe and knowing that you like something. Like there are things that are my favorite of things that it's like, I understand that this is maybe not like either aesthetically or technically or whatever, like the best of a, you know, genre or type of thing or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's the one that I like the most. And I think that's fine. And if we all get a little bit more comfortable with that, that's also a good thing to be able to go like, I can like something and not have to say that it's the best and not have to like require other people to like it because I've decided it has like it has inherent value because I like it, not because I need other people to like also agree that it's good. You know, like that's fine. We don't all have to be like that's part of the interesting thing about the human experience is that like we're not all on the same page all the time. Yeah. And most it's like, of you the know time. shitty fucking IPAs I drank because I thought that was cool when I, was <laughs> when I first started drinking. Now I'm like, I don't fuck that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just like, I don't have time for that. 100%. For like, I just think it's like, you just, who cares? Like, you know, being perceived, all that. It's like, who cares? First, I'm, yeah. no, I'm no one. I'm just a girl <laughs> at this college bar. Like, no one cares. Right, right, yeah. And Drink doing the Bud Light. Things. Actually, I don't like Bud Light, but whatever. I, know, I never liked Bud Light, Bud Light but you know what I do? I always liked Bud Heavy. I was like, unironically, mm-hmm. like you, like a straight up Budweiser. Like, it, I can't have more than a couple because they would give me a tummy ache. But like, absolutely. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. I like Miller uh, High Life. That's my. A classic. Guinness. Well, Miller Guinness Light my, was my yeah. go-to light beer. But, or mm-hmm. or PBR. Special place in my heart. Which mm-hmm. is a hipster beer to like, but yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, maybe and maybe it's some of it is sort of this dismantling of like, all of the things that kind of got built up over like the early years of, you know, the creation of influencers and, you know, online personas and everything like, you know, this hyper awareness of, as you're saying, like being perceived and creating a brand and like these, you know, because people got really entrenched in the idea that like everything that you like, you know, and we see this in a lot of ways. We see this with like, you know, I mean, stuff like the wine you drink and whatever and, you know, shelf picks and, but like even the idea that like, you know, 
if you've read a certain book that says something about you, you know, right. That like everything that you consume, you endorse, right. Which is a thing that Mm. we've talked about a lot, which is like it's antithetical to critical thinking or anything like that. Right. Like that, like you should be able to read Ayn Rand and then be like, Hey, here's the problem with it. You know what I mean? Like having Ayn Rand on your bookshelf shouldn't mean that you are like a blood-sucking yeah. capitalist monster inherently. It might mean that, but it shouldn't yeah. require that, you know? Um, and all of these things that are, you know, like we said, like, you know, they they just, they, they require like this limiting and narrowing of perspective and human experience and also like the landscape of any given person's mind because you should just be consuming things that like further reinforce that you are this specific kind of person and that you are this specific way and I think people are really starting to like rankle against that idea that like we should all be these sort of like you know I mean, like, and I think younger people are still kind of grappling with it a bit, but people that are our age that have, like, been around through the rise of all of this stuff Mm -hmm. on the internet and seen, like, influencer become a career path and all of this kind of stuff where it's, like, you're just starting to go, like, okay, but, like, nobody can keep up. Like, we can't, this can't be the world that we live in that everybody's, like, doing this shit all the time and look at all the downsides of it look at these people that are Mm -hmm. like treating their children like sources of labor look at like you know people trying to buy things to catch up and people consuming things that they don't really like because they think it says a certain thing about them and blah 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 blah. like and people are just like fuck this like i just i just need to be able to like like i'm tired i'm tired yeah and i think i know when i was younger and i think we've talked about this before but like this idea of being like cool or like mm. a cool girl. And like, I think so many of these things are kind of like felt like when I, when we were like in college and stuff, like kind of defined by like that, like tortured artist male, like archetype of like, mm-hmm. Oh, like this indie music. Oh, my, the, oh, my indie records are so much better than yours. Like that idea that right. like, this is what's cool. And like, if I'm going to be cool and like appeal to that type of person, like I need to be X, Y, and Z way. And I don't, I think there's just not as much of a tolerance for that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, on like on that specifically when Gone Girl was published, which I would have read. I read Gone Girl our sophomore year of college. So it would have been 2015. Um, And I think that wasn't like too long after it was published. I think it maybe came out in Mm -hmm. 2013, 2012, something like that. but the cool girl monologue in Gone Girl was like at that time, like fucking earth shattering because it was like this, it was a thing that you hadn't <laughs> yeah. heard articulated in that way yet. And now, like you read that to somebody younger and it's like, well, yeah, duh. Like, of course we know all about, you know, like whatever. But it was just like, you know, it's so it's now something that's kind of like pervasive and, you know, thought of throughout yeah. culture and whatever. But like. I still think about that all the time. Like, thanks for that. Yeah, Gillian. I just really like it wasn't like that when we were young. It was like such a thing to be seen. I mean, it's still right. Like, it's just what's what is cool has shifted um, over time. Right. But right. It was so that it was. Yeah. 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 But I, I think 
I don't know. I think there was almost this thing of people going like people realizing that you could be perceived, right? That like these new mm. tools and techniques mm. as far as like yeah. social media gave us the ability to all be perceived. And it was like, isn't that so cool and interesting? And then it like sort of climbed and climbed and climbed and climbed until it was like, you know, and it started becoming like you are always being perceived and you have to perform for the fact that you are being yeah. perceived and you have to like curate your life, right? And like, you know, you can't just sit and read a book and have a coffee. It has to like be aesthetic and you have to, you know, like all of these kinds of things. And people like got to this point where it was like that was, you know, and I'm not trying to say like, oh, most people are walking around like social media robots, but it's like it is a people, you know, it, it, it's infiltrated the world, right? Like yeah. there are the, the way that spaces are designed now is for Instagrammability and like all of this yeah. kind of stuff. Right. And like, and so then you go places and you're like, oh my God, like I can't actually sit down and have a coffee here because all that's happening is that people are coming in and out to like take pictures of, yeah. you know, the backdrop inside of this coffee shop or whatever. And so now there's been this sort of like pushback in the other direction of people being like, it's like, you know what? This place does not have an Instagrammable corner in it, but it's fucking cozy and you'll be able to get your yeah. work done. And also it's affordable because they didn't have to like retile <laughs> the entire thing in white marble to make it, you know, aesthetic. Like it's marble, just, yeah. it's an old dump and it's like, and the coffee's good <laughs> or whatever, you know, like, uh, and I think like some of that is kind of coming back where it's just like, okay, well we don't like, not everything has to be, uh, new and in service of that because what yeah. are we all doing here anyway you know like and people are really starting to see I think post COVID also like the real world impacts of like things like it, you know oh somebody posted about a bar on TikTok and it blew up and then nobody could get into that bar last weekend because yeah. 2,000 people showed up to a bar that uh, yeah. like as a 40 person, you know, venue or, uh, you know, like, like something like that just happened in New York, like a week ago where, and then people were like messaging the girl who posted the original video being like, the bar was crowded. And she was like, well, I <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm like, what? <laughs> right, right. Or like, you know, I mean, just the whole kind of like, the larger shift of like all the influencers are moving to New York and LA and then like complaining about living in New York. And it's just like, what? I mean, why do you need to be, I don't know, like whatever. Anyway, that's a whole, whole sidebar. <laughs> uh, we we're talking about Valentine's day, but uh, yeah, like, I guess like the stuff that you like and like the people that you like. <laughs> like that rules. Anyways. I don't know. I just, I just think it's, no, I just, I just, it's dumb to be a hater. You know? Yeah. I mean, Truly. don't get me wrong. I hate stuff. There's definitely stuff that oh. I, well, I don't know. Yeah, well, no, I hate stuff. But like... Oh, for sure. Why that? But I, I, I try not to like blast it out there like on right. line, you know? I'm not... If you right. like it, go for it, you know? If you're not hurting yeah. anyone... Yeah. I mean, like, and let people be in love. That's nice. Also, like, yeah. is that the thing that the world needs less of? I don't think so. Even when it's like gross <laughs> and cheesy and over the top and you know whatever, like it's nice. Just let people be yeah. nice, even when they post their weird long Instagram captions about 
everything that makes their relationship terrible. And then they're like, still love you. So glad we're doing this. And you're like, you guys should break up. Like, whatever. Let people have the day. Anyway. Um, What else happened this week? The Super Bowl, I guess. Yeah, the Super Bowl. What what to even say about it? What to say? I mean, it was the most watched broadcast since the moon landing. That blew my mind. That's actually crazy. That is crazy. Guys, the moon landing. As in 1969, the moon landing. Uh, Uh, What? And it was Brock Purdy. And it was Brock Purdy. But I just mean, I mean, honestly, (laughs) that's fucking crazy. Good for that kid. That... I mean, good good on him. He... You know what's crazy, though? It's so crazy to me that it was the most watched telecast since the fucking moon landing. And it was one of, if not the most, uh, like up until the last couple of minutes, just yeah. boring games of boring. football I've ever watched in my entire life. Like, <laughs> oh my God. As a person who like enjoys football, I genuinely, I love football. Like, was, I love football. And it was a boring fucking game of football. It was, it was so like, dull. And I was like, I can't imagine being a person who has no like stakes in this and has also maybe just wrapped their head around the rules of this game and then watching this and being like, how does anybody dedicate a Sunday to this? Like that was such yeah. a boring fucking game of football. And it was like, I, as we all know, love football, love like, I always joke. I was like, in another life, I'd be a football coach. I'd be like a defensive coordinator, or like a safeties coach. Like, why not this year? I mean, it seems like that ship has sailed. <laughs> Maybe. No, no, no. What but, are you going to do with your one wild and precious? Like, <laughs> you're going to go be a defensive backs coach. Yeah. Quit. Quit everything right now. Like, unless you like really enjoy, like. I mean, there was some good stat, like some like great defensive play, but it was, it was to entertainment solely. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, the thing is, is that it's like it was a good. It, you're exactly right. It was a good defensive game, but like a good defensive game is the most co- boring kind yeah. of football to watch because nothing. Remember, like no. the whole point of defense is that they make nothing happen. <laughs> like it was just. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Look at that. You have to be. You're so good that nothing. There's no movement. Yeah, can't get anything going all game. Like yeah. it was just I'm so like, good on those guys. Uh, but yeah, it was just until the end. Um, I had a moment where I was like, "Oh, this is going into overtime," and San Francisco is unprepared for this rule change. You could immediately, you could tell. And then after the game, the players were like, well, some of the players were like, we didn't know the like total, like the, of the rule change. And and Patrick Mahomes talked about after and he's like, we, and this, I mean, obviously the Chiefs and the Bills were emotionally impacted by the game. You know, if you don't know, the overtime rules changed because of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and the way they played in that divisional game a couple of years ago. Um, and I was like, obviously, if you were not emotionally affected by that game. the way that it happened is that in the overtime that we played, Buffalo, because of the coin toss, Buffalo didn't get a chance to have possession of the ball and yes. attempt to score. 
So they changed the rules of overtime so that both teams would have a turn at possession. But I saw somebody talking about it on TikTok who was just like, some things you just don't need to say. Like, if you didn't know the rules, it's too late. Like, you can't say that. Keep it to yourself. No, because Mahomes was like, we, every, all the practices leading in these playoff games, we practice what we would do in the situation. And it was like, San Francisco should have deferred. Right, you want you want to be the like winning the coin toss now in those games means you want to go second because you want to know what you have to do. Right, and you could see in Mahomes' face when they say we'll have the ball that he kind of like he looks on his face like we just won the Super Bowl. Right, like, he did. It's like we didn't even have to see how this was going to play out. He just knew. I mean, right, I, honestly, he he walked out on that field and knew, but uh, not because of anything. Just that that's how his he plays football, but. Um, I- I just like, but yeah. What do you mean you didn't know? like it? Also, yeah, like, yeah, just keep since when has that been a defense? Like, that is not that's not a legal defense. That, that like you can't be like, well, I didn't know that stealing was a crime. Like, guess what? You're I still like, going you to didn't jail. Know. Like, uh, yeah. Like, what? What do you mean you didn't know? I mean, arguably, arguably, if you have one job, it would be to know the rules. Like that. To know the rules of the game which you are showing up to play. Yeah. And I get it, not like every, you know, like we've got rules experts. I know that, you know, not everybody has like a comprehensive knowledge of every single thing that happens when the ball touches, you know, a player's nose on the right side of the, what, like whatever. But like, it was very widely publicized that they changed the overtime rules. And you should know that. And also, maybe if you didn't know, in the minutes before you were going out onto the field, Googling Coach it. Mike should have been like, hey guys, team huddle, we got to talk about what's about to happen. Because remember, yeah. they changed the overtime rules. Okay, go play, have fun. Like, Well, that was like, even like McCall Hardman, Holmes was like, he like didn't know that he won when he got that touchdown. Like, he's like, I like blacked out. <laughs> Just- <laughs> That's relatable. That's so <laughs> funny. Like, what's going on? Um, yeah, no, I mean, good friend. He so was go, on the Jets. Me? He went from being – Hardman was on the Chiefs, you know, got picked up by the Jets, and then released by the Jets. What a turnaround. Yeah, wild. <laughs> like, wild. what a mid-season glow-up. Didn't you say <laughs> that him. he was the one that – during hard knocks? Yeah, there was like uh, – they do two hard knocks now on HBO and one's like um, training camp. Yeah. And they brought in this like mentalist guy. I, I might need to fact check this, but I'm pretty sure it was this year. I'm pretty sure I saw this on TikTok. And he went, you know, it was like McCole Hardman was like the person he was talking to. And he was kind of like, you know, your team's going to win the Super Bowl. What do you think the score is going to be? You know, blah, blah, blah. And he had the score. And then he went to the Chiefs and he won the Super Bowl. And I was just like, like, I, I don't think. He he was not the difference maker. I know for the but New like York how, Jets. But how, how funny. funny is that? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, Aaron Aaron Rodgers and all of his, you know, like his peyote loving ass is fucking sitting in his apartment. He's like, God damn it! If we would have kept Hardman, everything would have been different. <laughs> oh, just like yeah, we're oh. boring, boring. Uh, kind of a boring game highly watched <laughs> yeah um, but wild halftime show 
Good usher. Got it. Gotta talk about that. Okay, I have so so many thoughts. First of all, uh, like, interesting to have Usher as the halftime artist. Now, not because Usher doesn't have hits, because he, and, you know, I think as far as his set list, like, Usher went out and gave the people yeah. what he, what we wanted. You know what I mean? Like, he went out and gave us 30-second snippets of all the songs we wanted to hear. We got... We got, yeah, we got, like, Love in This Club. We got, like, we got my boo. Like, we, everything we wanted. So, like, that rules. Um, I thought the set design was super weird. I thought it was really weird that Usher was down on the field at certain points. I did not like that Transformers-looking outfit he had on. Um, (laughs) The roller skate stuff baffled me. And, you know, I mean, like, that, but overall, I was entertained. Was I entertained? Yeah, I would say. Yeah. And yeah. on the scale of, like, best Super Bowl performances to, like, Katy Perry's Sharks, it was, like, in the middle. Right. <laughs> it was, like, right. good. I was entertained. He had all the hits. He looked yep. good. Most yep. part. Oh, he, the, I thought his mic taking the been shirt off was up. for was for like the women in their forties at oh. home. Like oh, moms yeah. love Usher. Ma- he, suburban mothers exactly love Usher. What they wanted. Yeah. And hundred percent. Um weird kind of thing that's been going on and I don't know if you've seen this, but so Alicia Keys came out and oh. sang the beginning of before they did my boo together. Um yes came out and sang the beginning of if I ain't got you. And she had a couple of voice cracks, which is, you know, happens, happens, happens. Um, The video footage that the NFL then posted online has been edited to get rid of the voice cracks, which is kind of interesting um, because people immediately were like, we got receipts like, and went and show, you know, did like yeah. the side by side footage of what it actually sounded like and what everybody heard in their living rooms. Um, so I kind of thought that was interesting because it's like you go and you bother to actually make this a live performance, right? Like it's not yeah. the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade where everybody's out there lip syncing. It's like you're going to go out and you're going to do the Super Bowl halftime show Um and then the NFL is just going to go and post doctored footage anyway. Like, I don't know. I, thought that- I wonder I wonder if it was the NFL's choice. If they, yeah. like, made that without, like, consulting. I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> they probably just did it. But <clears throat> would be curious if anyone was, like, asked um, if they could edit the... Um, if that was at the request of the artist, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. 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 That was my really roundabout way of saying that. I mean, yeah. you just don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is interesting. I yeah. wonder if they just put the like, they didn't like edit it if it's just like the like studio, like the recording. Yeah. I don't song? know. But like, I, don't know. You, I mean, you have to do something, right? Because otherwise, like, yeah. the, the, footage comes with the sound you know like the footage <laughs> yeah. from the super bowl comes with the sound yeah. of what you're saying at the super bowl 
Um, so they obviously like they had to, you know, either swap yeah. it out with the studio recording or they auto tuned it or I don't know what they did, but um, but they definitely fucked with it. So that's just kind of I don't know. The NFL is like so weird I mean, and shady about everything. Like, yeah. why not that, too? Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, any any uh, commercial highlights for you? I mean, the Michael Sarah Sarah Bay. That was to me was hands oh. down. What what is Hands that? Down. I, okay, what? my only complaint about it is that I wish. So leading up in these last couple of weeks, I, I I was like, what is up with Michael Sarah and Sarah Bay? Like, right? He he was like seeing with like the bags of it, and it was like a really thing that like they kept like kind of like teasing and pushing, and like I saw like real people on the internet who were like, did he actually like? Is this his brand? Like it was so. Good. Like, other people were like, no. Right. <laughs> but, like, it just, and then they had, and I was like, everyone was like, it must be, like, leading into something. Yeah. And it was a Super Bowl con- commercial. My only, I wish they wouldn't have done the boardroom scene at the end of the commercial. Like, I wish they would have just kept it going. This idea yeah. that, like, Michael Sarah was the creator of this brand. Because then yeah. they do, like, you know, the end, they cut to the boardroom and it's like, this is his idea and whatever and I'm like they should have just not had and just kept this going because it was great PR people were talking about it online something funny like they staged all like the paparazzi photos with him with like the bags of it I was like I'm like also like I'm like was this his idea because it seems like (laughs) I guess you know that's kind of belittling to people whose jobs I used to come up with that but I was like that's pretty funny funnier than your typical your typical ad yeah it was a it was an interesting like guerrilla marketing campaign Mm -hmm. um because i yeah you were hearing about it for weeks and it was like michael sarah is just out buying (laughs) hordes of cerave like people were like what is this why is this happening it was so Um, good yeah very 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 strange there were definitely I, I, I know there were one or two that I enjoyed, one. but I don't, I don't like remember specifically. Well, yeah. okay. So let's the Beyonce commercial. I suppose that leads us, uh, leads us nicely into another point, which is um, there's new Beyonce music and Beyonce is releasing a country record. And I, whoa, am so excited. I'm so, I like had heard rumors that this mm-hmm. was potentially gonna happen and it was gonna be a country album um i when renaissance like when the cover art for renaissance came out i had kind of hoped that it was gonna have a country vibe because she was riding a horse on the front of it yeah um now i get it like renaissance you know night whatever but like uh, i've been waiting for a beyonce country record since she put out daddy lessons on yes that's one of my favorite beyonce it's one of my favorite Beyonce songs. That song goes so hard. That is one of my most listened to Beyonce songs because it's just like the way she does the vocals on it and the whole, mm. I mean, like, and she's got like a little bit of a twang, but it's a Texas twang, not a Tennessee mm. twang, which is different. And like, I love country Beyonce. It's so yes. fucking good. And the I am so excited about this. And I, you, I remember the other day you were like, I have listened to Texas Hold'em no less than 20 times today. And well, like the next day, that, I was probably. like, oh, I am, I am in the same boat. Because you listen to it once, and then you just like, let's take it back and do it again. Yep. Like, and then you're like, again. around your and, I, and yeah, her, like, I mean, I 
I've always loved Beyonce's voice. It's just, it's so smooth and, yeah. and like comforting to me, maybe because I grew up listening to her. Yeah. Um, but it's great to hear her like on these country songs. I think she's always been really good at like vocal arrangements, and, like the harmonies mm-hmm. and like the vocal arrangement on 16 uh, Carriages is stunning. Um, I'm just, I want it now. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't wait. I mean, it's going to be out in like three weeks, but I need more. <laughs> and I, yeah, I'm so excited to have another, I, uh, I loved Lemonade so much. Um, it was like all I listened yeah. to for like maybe like a year and I'm, I'm excited to be back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, me too. Me too. I, I, she goes on tour again. So- I didn't, you know, didn't go see the Renaissance tour. Um, and I'd love to, to see I her when I saw her I on, um, on the run. Country life because I just like I I, I, and so like that's so cool and we so we on the book club this month um, are actually just kind of through happy happenstance happy happenstance are talking about uh, a book our first nonfiction uh, which is called Her Country which is about um, you know kind of some of the modern women of country music and the successes that they've had kind of in spite of the institutional structure of country music and the way that it has been geared toward, you know, men and whiteness specifically, Mm -hmm. and also like women not speaking their minds and whatever. So the book deals um, specifically with three artists talking about Casey Musgraves, Maren Morris and uh, Mickey Guyton. Um, But this Beyonce going country, um, like news has also been in the wake of a whole bunch of other artists kind of either going back to their country roots, releasing singles that seem to indicate that they're going to have new albums that go that way. um, Or artists that we haven't heard do country before announcing they're going country. So um, Casey Musgraves just released a new single that, you know, is kind of going back to more of like a, you know, folky country sound um, after her last record being, you know, basically just a straight pop record. Um, And then um, Maggie Rogers released a new single that has a little bit of like a a country sound to it. She posted, like reposted a tweet on her Instagram story. Oh, it was like the new Maggie Rogers sounds like if Faith Hill went to Oberlin. I was like that is incredible and yes yes yeah like it has kind of like a 90s like a 90s country sound um after having done a collaboration with zach bryan um who's Mm -hmm. a you know newer country artist um and then uh also recently lana del rey has announced that she's doing a country record which it after in part i think after the success of her cover of take me home country roads um which is stunning uh just the like put yeah. that in letting my real, veins letting like, a real lana moment <laughs> me too <laughs> me too um they oh my god my sister and i went to yoga last week and the teacher played um uh the grants the opening from mm. uh there's a tunnel under ocean boulevard uh at the end of class so we're like 
everybody's laying on the floor and the class is ending with the like the gospel, you know, the, the opening of that song, the I'm going to take mind of you with me. And Abby and I were just like, I, I could, I like looked over and we're both like laying on the floor and doing like the head bob, like whatever. And we like, we were going to leave and I told the teacher, I was like, loved the music today. And she was like, oh my God, woman in her sixties was so stoked to like be playing Lana Del Rey in class. I was like, she's my favorite person. Um, but yeah, no, like, so all the girls are yeah, going country. We have so much new music coming out. Yeah. Um, just in like so the next much. I know it's an embarrassment of riches. We're like spoiled yeah. for choice. Like I'm and I, actually- uh, I really, I don't know if you, is her name uh, Lizzie McAlpine? She mm-hmm. released a new song that's devastating. I mean, Ooh. exactly what you want her <laughs> yeah. music to sound like. It's called that's called older. I really like that. I saw Girl in Red just put, like released a new song. I was like, whoa! I was like, it's, I it's almost too much for me to. Yeah, it's like it's something about like it feels like it feels like we're getting like early spring this year and it just something about it feels like metaphorically resonant that it's also like all these people are like creating all these new things and putting it out and it's just like everybody's just like gimme 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 like it's just like and like trying new things or like going back to their roots and whatever like I'm sure I could come up with a more poetic version of this metaphor but like it does it's just like it's an embarrassment of riches like there's so much good stuff coming out which is so fun because for a while it's kind of like for a lot of art I mean like we've been getting non-stop and we'll talk about Taylor Swift specifically Mm -hmm. somewhere in this episode but we've been getting a shitload of Taylor Swift for a long time which has been great like I'm not complaining at all but like from a lot of people I just feel like we've been getting like it's just, yeah. you know, like where it's been like drips and drabs and everybody's yeah. like trying to strategize so that they don't release their stuff too close to anybody else and blah, blah, blah. And it was just like the Grammys happened and Taylor Swift announced and then Casey Musgraves announced and then like and then the Super Bowl happened a week later and Beyonce announced and, you know, like and it was just like boop, boop and Maggie Rogers dropped her new shit. And it's just like and everybody's just like, ah, fuck yeah. it. Who cares? Like, I'm just yeah. You know, same kind of thing of like, I like what I like. It's just like, I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm tired of worrying about it so much. Like, stop. Yeah. Do not talk to me about studio well, heads. Do not talk to me about executives. Do not talk to me about like release dates or what, like metrics. Like, I just, I made a thing. I want to show it to people. Yeah. And I, Taylor Swift said months ago, kind of like the metaphor of like, you know, you can polish the doorknob so long that you forget to open it mm-hmm. and how you know, if you make something and you love it, just put it out. Right. Like if you're making a lot of stuff, like there's really no rules anymore about like it used to be like, I mean, we'll probably talk, wait, we'll talk about this when we talk about her country because the importance of radio uh, back in, back in the day. But like there used to just be felt like there were so many more rules about like, you know, you got to have like the single on the radio release and like the, and like the way you would like go about everything. And that just like really isn't, the case anymore right. uh so yeah if you make something and you love it just put it out and it's uh so fun yeah no it's so exciting and so I'm, I'm wondering i guess if you have any kind of like overarching hypotheses about the fact that we are seeing all of these female artists either venturing or venturing into or returning to country music about like what is in the water that this is going on. 
That's a good question. I I think maybe it's just like a a a pulling back of like I know Maggie Rogers talked about this a little. She posted like a little write up about just kind of like she's like I played this new music. I made it over five days, and it just felt more like me, and it was like a little sillier, and like heartfelt and sincere. I don't know. Like I don't know if there's just like a moment in which we're kind of like pulling back a little bit in terms of like the production and all of that. Like we just want to tell a story. I think mm-hmm. that's. Country music is so interesting because it's like when it's bad, it's bad. Mm-hmm. And when it's good, it's it can be so good and the storytelling aspects. And so maybe that's part of it. I don't – I wish I had something more <laughs> like – Yeah. No, no, say. totally. Yeah, because it does – and maybe it has to do with, you know, like as we said, that, that sort of like just general – push towards sincerity right because it's like at you know like and sincerity and authenticity are two two different things right and like when we talk about her country plug for the book club um on the book club podcast you know one of the things that they talk about in that book repeatedly is that like you know even the idea of like authenticity within country music is kind of a a farce right like it's this yeah you know the like outlaw country and all of that kind of stuff. Like it's not like Johnny Cash was like, you know, actually shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. You know, like he was just, he was just a guy with a guitar. Um, that is to say nothing bad or negative about Johnny Cash, whom I love and will love forever. But like, that's, you know, that kind of thing. Like it, I think country music has at its root, a lot of sincerity and like, and when it's to your point, when it's bad, it it's because it goes over the line of sincerity to yeah. being like saccharine and being overwrought and being like, and then it's like, and that's when we get into the like, you know, the vets and my dog and my truck and yeah. my, and you're just like, there's like, not only is this like incredibly sincere, but it's also like overly simplistic and you know mm. like it, it, there's no artistry to it like it's just you're just naming lists of stuff <laughs> like you're just all yeah. you're doing is telling me everything that's in a tackle box like I don't give a fuck yeah. and so and it's like that's a different a different kind of thing but like maybe part of it is that it's like you know that whole like three chords and the truth thing is that it's like if we're going for sincerity this is a good vehicle to deliver it in like it's it yeah. makes sense if you have something like simple and straightforward to say that this is the genre that you're going to say it in, you know? For sure. For sure. And I think like a reclaiming of the genre, right? It is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, this is a more superficial reason maybe, but you know, we did the eighties. It almost feels like a natural evolution. We did the like eighties synth pop. We did the nineties, whatever. Right. Some, like how this seems like maybe like, cause you know, I think country music had a couple phases where it was really popular. And one of those was Shania Twain, the chicks, Faith Hill, the like yeah. women of like 90s country, early 2000s country. And then I think it had another like kind of pickup with Taylor Swift who made it young again or like, you know, right. for young people to like it. It, 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 it. And they talk about this in the book. It, it had a hard time getting a younger audience until her. Um, 
And so, yeah, I mean, it's just like a natural evolution of, of like the cycle of music, but right yeah because it does feel it feels very much like a like girlified version of country because it's like it's not like oh you know it's a thing that we've seen like in the content that we've seen in the like the last year where it's kind of like it's this thing of women kind of going like okay I'm not going to try to like do this the way that men have told me I want to do this right like if I'm you know, if I'm Greta Gerwig, I'm not going to, like, make the movies that men want me to make. I'm going to show up. I'm going to make a fucking movie about yeah. Barbie. I'm going to make a soundstage musical about Barbie. Like, I am going to, like, give you the girliest version of this, right? And, like, the cover of Texas Hold'em is Beyonce in a mirrored bikini with, like, you know, uh, it's like a heart shape yeah. in front of, you know, her cooch. And, like, it's, like, she is not removing the, like, the sex appeal the like, nope. you know, the glamour, the Beyonce-ness of any of it from like, because she's going into country. Like Beyonce will not touch denim just because she's making country music. And like, <laughs> it's really, it's cool and fun because it's like, that also feels like kind of what the ethos of like 90s female country was about, you know, like Shania Twain with her, like her boots and her mini skirts and all that kind of stuff. It was like, we are going to show up and like, be the version of women that we are and make this kind of music and not change ourselves for this institution. And then that was kind of, you know, that toppled for a number of socio-political reasons, which we will discuss on the other podcast, but all that to say, like, it's really cool to then see that kind of happening again in this way. That's like, it's not women showing up and like assimilating to a ma- like a male space. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's like, it's doubly significant when it's Beyonce because a she's Beyonce, but B she's also a black female artist. And like, you know, not only has country music not been a space for women, but it's specifically not been a space for black women, black people, but black women, especially, you know, in spite of the fact that the roots of country music are in black instruments you know like the banjo came from enslaved people this is i don't know how much that's like common knowledge but like there are like a lot of the roots of country music are from african instruments and modern country is not reflective of that so that's also cool to have beyonce with the amount of like power and cachet that beyonce has to be like now i'm a country artist like it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out it's more than overdue for the genre to have like a reckoning um, with mm. its mistreatment of of individuals. So it's I think Beyonce is going to pave the way for a lot of women and inspire a lot of women. And that's, you know, been such, you know, as she has for her entire career. But I think it's to be fucking cool. And I think the visual I mean, Beyonce, always the visuals of any of her work are superior but yeah even that little video where she's like driving away with the billboard oh. i saw some people being yeah. like are her and Lady I have, Dog I have gonna, like, i'm like so excited I'm, I'm so excited i'm like our people are like oh like my obviously as a taylor swift fan love this shit people are like oh like is the billboard and the yellow car and like there's some other things like is lady gaga are they gonna do like another like telephone i was like first of all i need another collaboration from them because <gasps> I oh, because Lady Gaga's country album, album was so good. Lady Gaga's country yeah. album was so good. I like. Yeah, I know I, people have mixed opinions about whatever. I'm a diehard Joanne fan. I will all day, 
all day. I yeah, I need another clap from them. I had a dance recital song. It was telephone. I had to sew a literal telephone onto my costume. Me and my mom got into one of the worst fights we've ever had sewing. I was like, that song, like, I can't listen to it. Like, guys, so like, a, like a corded, like a, a corded. rotary telephone. Like, was, My mom was like it in was, tears. And it was she so was like, heavy. <laughs> my mom in tears was like, why? Because <laughs> Alex uh, went so yeah, to this dance studio and then like later on in high school, like the rest of us all went because it was a cool dance studio, but it was the kind of place where it was like, they didn't just do the thing where they ordered you like your recital costume off of a like recital, you know, no. like website. And then you got this like tool thing in the mail that like, oh, all the costumes came to the studio. It was like, we like, we had weird costumes or like you would have to go out and like get pieces for your costumes or whatever, because it was very much about like, they wanted it to be this like, you know, high production quality performance yes. and i remember when you had to sew this fucking oh my god i thought my dad like left the house because he was like i don't know i gotta mediate this issue uh so i'm just gonna go like my dad's gonna be like i need a drink i mean imagine <laughs> yeah and now imagine like imagine your poor mother like now Think about what you were like at like what 14, oh. 15 years old. Yeah, I mean, it was to also try and navigate that experience with. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, as we all were. Like, uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, it's not a super fond memory uh, for us as a family. <laughs> but no, I think there's going to be, I feel like we're going to get. I heard some rumbling. All that to say, Alex has, a, Alex has a difficult relationship with the song telephone was yeah. the point and that i can't hear it <laughs> um but i do think i think we're gonna get a really like i've heard some rumblings but i think maybe they're not true of like taylor swift and beyonce a collab with taylor swift on the new album i've heard lady gaga i'm like i think that she'll probably do a collab maybe the chicks like do a a, a good like country. that's what i was gonna say is i would i would die for a beyonce dixie chicks collaboration like yeah. Oh, man, um, man, especially like because, you know, because Beyonce is not like her primary, you know, um, endeavor as an artist is not songwriting. Like she'll co-write on some of her stuff, yeah. but a lot of Beyonce stuff she like, you know, other writers work on and whatever. And like if we could get like a co-written Beyonce Dixie Chicks song, like because I, I mean, the Dixie Chicks are like great lyricists so like you get natalie mains in the studio with beyonce and the and like and the vocals and the you know to your point about like the vocal arrangements the harmonies yeah. that the dixie chicks do Woo! i could also see brandy oh. carlisle i feel yeah. like she is in her collab era <laughs> um i don't know why i just oh she did she was on the miley album kind of underwhelming um and I don't think anything to do with uh, Miss Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> I have a lot of opinions about that record that I don't need to get into here. Um, but yeah, and then she was on No Con, so. And she did, and she was on uh, Hosier's new album. Oh yeah, Damage gets. Oh, she yeah, does a uh, song called Damage Gets Done, which is you know, I mean, two again, two people that harmonize like. Yeah. Mwah. Um, yeah, I'm sure I my siblings and I got tickets to go see those here 
uh, is. Oh, I'm going. I'm going to go too. So, so. Uh, Catherine and Dylan got me a ticket. I'm excited. I got Tepcast tickets. Oh, fun! Yeah, we're all going to go. We all by like the tickets went on sale at noon, and by two p.m., everything was sold out that wasn't in the lawn. So we're going and sitting in the lawn. Um, but I'm super excited. I mean, I love him. I can't believe I haven't seen him yet. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. So, um, okay. We, so we have, we have two other things we wanted to talk about today as far as like what's happened in the past week. Um, one of them is like loosely related and so far as being about like female musician, musicianship and also, um, related to the Super Bowl. Um, and a topic that we repeatedly talk about. Um, and then one of them has nothing to do with literally anything. I mean, not even anything that we've talked about, but maybe anything at all on planet Earth, because it's the craziest thing I've ever heard. So where do you want to go? Should I feel like it feels more natural to talk about Taylor Swift next, given our the, the, the two okay, things. Let's do it. Let's and and just Taylor. not on the Earth. <laughs> Um, where to start? The Super, I guess the Super Bowl. Um, wow. Mm. <laughs> I, first of all, Jason Kelsey meeting Ice Spice, not on a list of things I thought. <laughs> and on the New Heights episode this week, um, he was like, oh my God. He was like, you know, obviously like, he's like, I know. You know, I had kind of like, I had met Taylor a few times now, but he was like, this was, he's like the amount of people who wanted to just meet her or talk to her. He was like, Shaq, Paul McCartney, Keegan-Michael Key. He was like, I, he made a nice comment. He was like, it was the first time I was like, oh, her life is, it, this is it's a little overwhelming. Like just the like influx of people who like wow. want to like, and you know, all, you know, out of like niceties to say hello, but just like how overwhelming he was like at one point. She was just like, hey, Jason, turn around. And he's like, it was How weird Sir must Paul that McCartney. be? Be like, Sir Paul McCartney. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, That's she was just so like, hey, funny. Jason, like, No, because that around. was the one that you just said that like stuck out to me. Like, are you a beetle? A beetle just wants to come and say hi. And I, I like, and Sean, I think Shaq, Shaq has a podcast and Jason was on it. And he said to Jason, he was like, I just want to ask, like, he's like, I just want to meet Taylor Swift. He's like, I, he's like, I don't need a photo, but I just want to meet her, like, shake her hand. Like, I just want to, like, meet a legend. I was like, first of all, as someone who's a big sports girly, I would pass out. <laughs> I would be like, what? I heard, I don't know if it's true, but people were like, he bought her that little football bag that she was carrying. Jack. <laughs> I would be dead. <laughs> Um, he did get a photo they did meet um but yeah what a whirlwind I mean I like her on the jumbotron chugging the beer it was just such a hilarious I don't know everyone is so bent on a shape about it if you're good to to a quote I think Adele also said this to her show was like if you care that much about people showing her in football like get a fucking life yeah (laughs) for real love Adele but that was just like it was more so. I think Jason kind of stole the show. <laughs> in his, uh, yeah. I mean, it was a uh, quite a moment there for the NFL. <laughs> they wanted quite it a moment, so and, and bad. 
absolutely like the reason that the Super Bowl was watched as much as the fucking moon landing. Like, and you know, I, I saw a video that I thought was really nice. That was actually like, it was a, I mean, as someone who, um, actively loathes the Kansas city chiefs and was deeply disappointed to watch them win. Um, you know, I saw a video that was like, it was a dad and a son watching the Super Bowl last year um, when they also won. Um, good, good man. Hmm. But watching them and having this moment, like the dad and the son together, and then it was this year and it was like, the mom was there and the younger daughters were there and like the cousin, and it was like, it was, you know, and they all celebrated together. And obviously like they were there because Taylor's like, now it's about Taylor Swift boyfriend, you know? And <laughs> I, you know, I, I, people have got all these complaints about it and whatever, but like, honestly, like if you look at it from the NFL's perspective, it's like, this is an organization that has been trying and failing to get female viewership for decades. Right. And like, I mean, they just signed that deal with Christian Yuschek. And it's like, I mean, I can't, how long as NFL and football fans have we been complaining about the way that women's merch looks? Like, I don't oh. buy merch made for women. I have to, I you buy dude merch because the, the merch made for women yeah. is, it's garbage. It's like straight up trash. It's like, well, we made it in a V-neck with a, <laughs> like, curvy shape on this t-shirt which when has anybody ever wanted to wear a t-shirt that fits like it's like have you ever seen a woman (laughs) (laughs) excellent question we put we put either uh, a weird script font that has nothing to do with the actual logo on it um or we added rhinestones or we made it pink and we were like for a girl girl for girl girl life like it's it's just like there's nothing cool about it. There's nothing like it's it's garbage. And it's taken like having all these women watching football and having Taylor Swift in the stands for them to be like, oh, we're going to like do this collab with this cool female artist who makes stuff for women that like maybe they would actually want to fucking wear. Like, I loved that jacket. For them to. Yeah, the jacket yeah. rules. The jacket's fucking sick. And the ones that she wears are so cool where she's got like. I mean, it, honestly, for him, it's just like, damn, you, you've been traded a fucking lot because she's got, like, all of these different jerseys from all the cities. Like, oh, man, nobody nobody wants to keep you, huh? Like, but it's like, no, you know, I don't cool. know. It's it's cool. It's fun. It's it, it's nice. That, like, and I mean, that her life changed, like, overnight. Like, Taylor Swift wore that jacket. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um. I don't know, like, it's fun to see just the, the girls get in a football. And I, I, and I don't want to take credit for this because it's, it's a, one of the female analysts at ESPN, but was kind of talking about some of the pushback and, or the criticism, whatever. And, and I agree with kind of this idea that, like, part of, I think, why people are actually upset and, like, sometimes why I was, like, ugh, even I was, like, ugh, so annoying is, like, because it, it's, like, oh, they get just to walk up here and be Chiefs fans. And it's like, I'm a Lions fan and I've suffered. Right. Or like, I'm a Bills fan and I've suffered and I've had my heart broken. And right. like, you don't, you just get to walk in here and you get to be a fan of Patrick Mahomes, who will probably now go down as being one of the best to ever do it. 
and Travis Kelsey, who I, I think right. is the greatest tight end uh, ever to play. Uh, no offense to Gronk, um, uh, but it just feels but a little what unfair. What were we thinking? That Taylor Swift was going to show up and date a loser? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. Girl is not going after a man with a losing record. It's not going to happen. Not her style. Like Taylor Swift Discord. Um, and someone posted, I think it was like, I don't know, some sort of thread, but it was like, like, ugh, like, you know, why did it have to be the, the Chiefs? And then someone's like, could be worse, could be Dallas. And then <laughs> someone just goes, she couldn't have found a nice Saints I w- I actually would have been madder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was like, the Saints specifically, I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> Everyone would have been like, yeah, I can yeah. wait for them. Um, but anyways, just wanted to touch on that. I mean, it was such a moment um, in the after party videos. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's it is one of those things that it's just like it's it's so clear how much like this is not about that because it's like the fact that like I mean then Fox News was talking about like maybe Taylor Swift is a psyop and like I mean honestly like it's so crazy and I the first person I saw to point this out was. Matt Bernstein, who is uh, Matt XIV on Instagram. But he was like, it's so crazy that like right now, the thing that conservatives are most upset about is a heterosexual white couple made up of a football player and a pop star who started her career in country. Like hypothetically, (laughs) that that is like a Republican wet dream. Like that should be, you should be, so fucking stoked those should be like what and it's just like turned into this thing where they're like trying to like corrupt our like and and about what like i mean uh, it's wild that she's like some sort of like tool and it's like oh my god it's it's so crazy it's it's almost too crazy to like believe that is real and it's happening but like it's happening (laughs) They're talking yeah. about it. I'm like, like, I mean, I don't, far be it for me to call Fox News a legitimate news outlet, but like fucking something. And like, they're we're talking about this in primetime news media. <laughs> like that is so, that's so crazy. I I was just, that like blew my mind. Like I, I was just, yeah. What is happening? But yeah, but what? I, I, what are you? I think, what are we even upset about? And also, when people get upset about it, like the thing that I keep telling men is like, guess how? Just guess, guess how many? How like much they are showing her in any given game? And they're like, oh, probably longer than the quarterback. You know, uh, twenty-five seconds on average. Twenty-five yeah. seconds in a game that hypothetically is an hour like is an hour of gameplay that takes three and a half hours and they show her for 25 seconds and people are like just bamboozled. I think it was flabbergasted. And they definitely showed her for more than 25 seconds in the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. But like, you know, that's a different But nothing else was going on. No, and it's like the Super Bowl is its own Yes, but also it was the most boring game in the world. There was nothing happening on the field. I know. I also like to think that's why the games that she has been shown the most are when the Chiefs are just like, like blowing out. Like the Bears when she was there the first time. Right. And then the Dolphins. 
in the play. I think those were the games that they maybe showed her the most. Right. It's like, oh, am I going to watch right. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes just like cut, carve up <laughs> another team? And like, Colin Coward right. said this, and you know, he was like, it's football's never just been about football. Like, you've, there's ads, there's all sorts of things. Like, you're right. never just watching straight. If you then right. watch soccer. <laughs> if you only want to watch the game, yeah. then watch soccer because there's no ad breaks. Um, it is funny to some of the international right. fans being like, they're just really stopping a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a whole day Constantly. thing. It's most of what they do. <laughs> yeah. But um, like, I think the thing that I wanted to talk about was just I feel like after the Grammys, we're back on the Taylor Swift hate train. People really were uh, yeah, really bothered by her at the Grammys. And again, like I, and I know we've said this before, like she is not a perfect person. Nobody is. She is not like without like criticism. Uh, like there are some valid critiques, blah, blah, blah. But, like some of the things I was seeing that were people were so like, stirred up about I was like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> and it was all the, the usual stuff where it's yeah. like oh she's ungracious she seems like a mean girl oh she's so cringe oh look at how annoying she seems like she's annoying like does her friends even like her and you're like oh and I think what's really stood out to me too is like now that she is surrounded by Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes you I really start to see the ways and this was always true but like Patrick Mahomes is just allowed to be great. And Taylor Swift, there's always this like, oh, now she's not grateful enough or like X enough mm-hmm. or like all these things. And you're like, wow, he's really just allowed to be great. And Travis can just push Andy Reid or scare Andy Reid and scream in his face. And everyone's like, oh, he's just like a competitor. And like, you know, that is right. what it is. Right. But it's like, wow, man, we're really picking this person apart the way that people because I, like i you know we saw what travis kelsey did on the field they talked about it on new heights and it was like you know yeah. jason was like listen like i'm not saying this was acceptable like but this is why this yeah. happened blah, blah 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 you know whatever and i think that's all like fine and fair and you know that is something that happens in football especially when you're you know like competing at that level whatever yeah. but the I think the difference is the way that people clamored to defend him for that. Like if that was a female athlete, it would not be the same thing. It just absolutely would not. I think this was a real tweet. I'm going to have to maybe uh, fact check this at the end, but I think AJ Brown tweeted and was like, if I did that, I would be like kicked out of the league. Mm. Um, I was like, "Mm." yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, just yeah. like, yeah. So that just got me. I was like, whoa. And, you know, it's the same thing we talked about in that episode where it's like, it just felt like, you know, the media really overexposed her, built her. We like built it so up that like, I wasn't surprised that like something people like grabbed onto something like this to just be like, oh, now we're just going to pile on. Like we've been waiting for a moment to pile on and the moment yep. has arrived and let's go. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you've you've been saying this since last summer that you were like, she's getting too famous again. Like it's gonna happen yeah. again. And it is, right? Like it's the it's the thing that we've talked about before with the female cycle of likability, where it's like you essentially get to this point where, you know, people decide that there is an oversaturation of you and yeah. you know, you become the most famous woman in the world and everybody loves you and everybody's obsessed with you and all they all they want is more, 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 and then they get so much of you that they go, Ah, never mind. And and it's mm-hmm. and then the criticisms are always these like intangible, abstract sort of things yeah. that like exactly what you're saying, you know, like, you know, oh, well, she seems ungrateful. She seems, you know, she seems annoying. She seems this, she's, yeah. se- you know, whatever, like somebody like, I, you know, I saw something that was like, oh, my God, like she and Travis Kelsey are so cr- like they seem so like, you know, football player and cheerleader kind of thing where it was just like, OK, but like. He, first of all, he's a literal football player. And <laughs> second of all, like, we know that, like, she was a weird kid in high school. Like, yeah. people didn't like her. Like, she was like, she got made fun of because she was, like, doing her thing and trying to make her music and whatever. And people were like, that's a lot. Like, could you not? Like, if Taylor Swift's got anything, it's fucking theater kid energy. She does not yeah. have cheerleader energy. Please do not put that on her. But it's just, <laughs> it's... It, it's symptomatic of the way that people will just like, they they will throw anything on a woman to like try and bring her down. And like, honestly, the fact of the matter is, is that it's like, I don't like, maybe she is annoying. Like truthfully now, yeah. like, and I, I am saying this as somebody who loves Taylor Swift, loves her music is very like, you know, it, it's a big part of like, my life, my tastes, like whatever. Like I, yeah. I have Taylor Swift moments associated with major parts of my life. And maybe she's an annoying fucking person. And who cares? Like who right. cares? I mean, because things. it's like, like you're gonna have you're... all these conversations about separating the art from the artist. And it's like, if there's a time to do that, it's here. Like the w- the times that it should be tricky to do is when someone is like, doing things that are objectively morally bad committing crimes like doing things that like you can't like then you know it should be a tough choice as to whether or not you want to separate the art from the artist if you're just worried that she's fucking annoying like are you kidding me i don't i don't give a fuck you're never gonna know her like that so why and And it's it's and it's never going to affect you. And also, like, yeah. if if she can write, if she can write My Tears Ricochet or Mirrorball, like, <laughs> is it romantic all the ways that my, elegy, that my elegies eulogize me? She could be the most annoying woman on planet Earth. I do not give a fuck if she <laughs> writes that. Like, I... Done. Conversation yeah. like you conversation over because her yeah. who she is as a person is an <laughs> irrelevant piece of information to me. Yeah. I get it that we all like to like be attached to our celebrities and that it's like, you know, parasocial relationships and blah blah blah. And everybody's, you know, like people got so invested in her relationship with Travis Kelsey. And so this is just like a backlash to that of being like, oh my God, like, I don't know why people are doing that. I actually think they seem like this, blah, 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 whatever. But like, I don't care. I'm tired of pretending yeah. like we're supposed to like, uh, why do I need to be her friend? I like the stuff she makes. Like, that's like being like, uh, like in any other area of life outside of art, would you do that? 
it's just wild. It's gotten wild. It's, it's getting so wild stupid. again. <laughs> so stupid. stupid. Oh my god, I was really set off by this like person, and it's so. Pete's always like, why do you let yourself get so worked up? Like, who cares? But it was like some dude on or some person on TikTok who like does like music critique. And it has the essence of this whole like, like I was talking earlier, like this, like, oh, this indie music is so much better. Like, here's why all these X, Y, and Z and just was like ripping into like going through the track list and like talking about how like stupid all of the names of the like song titles were on the new album. And I was like, and it was like the people in the comments were like, "Extralized and stupid way of looking at something." Like, and someone was like, "Someone needs to write about yet." And someone was like, "The one that's like, but Daddy, I love him." Was like, "Someone needs to tell her that she's thirty-four, and that she needs to grow up." Or some of the comments, and I was like, "You cannot tell me that Lana Del Rey could put out that same track list, and people wouldn't be excited about it." And that's kind of it's like people also don't think she's cool. And that is a part, like we've been saying, right. that a, I think a part of the criticism of her a lot is that she doesn't have the coolness that maybe like Alana Del Rey does. And so then like, therefore, everything she does is cringe or right. everything is X, Y, and Z. And we just make these like sweeping judgments before we even hear anything. Right. Of like, oh, that's so online. That's so cringe. Like someone needs to tell her she's 34. Like, first of all, <laughs> would you say, come on now. <laughs> Anyways, that really got me. I saw that like first thing in the morning. Ever said that about a man though? Someone needs to tell him that. how old he is. Like I saw that at like nine a.m. and I was like, "Well, not freaking jacked up." No, I was like, pissed I off to. for the entire day. No, because anyway, that was my like, rant. I'm just looking for a I, platform. I get. I, I understand, like, there are situations in which I understand that it is, like, relevant to understand the, you know, the, who the person is who is making something and, you know, whether or not you're supporting, like, with your dollars, whatever, somebody that is doing objectively terrible things. But, like, as far as, like, uh, it's, I just, I think it's so... It it be it drives me absolutely crazy. It just drives me absolutely crazy because the standard that like that women are held to on that front is so different from the standard that men are held to on that front. It is so much easier to be a likable man. The bar is so fucking low. Like and to be a likable woman is a nearly impossible task. And so then when you are holding women artists up to the standard of likability, you end up using it as a cudgel with which to beat them. Like it is just, it's a fucking excuse to not give women artists their due because we've decided that like, well, I don't think I'd like her as a person because it's so easy to decide that you don't like a woman as a person, especially when you remove your assessment of them from any sort of context and that's the thing that drives me fucking crazy is that like it ends up being used as this this adding this like faux air of legitimacy like it's a valid critique of a woman's body of work that like something about her i just don't like and it's like 
But why is it so much easier for you to name something that you just don't like about a woman than it is a man? And I'm not saying that like, you know, because I like Taylor Swift, I am a beacon of feminism that has never like, of course, we've all done that shit. Like we all have that. And and it's not the only reason for not liking Taylor Swift. I get that. Yeah, I'm not like saying that. Music, but when her, her, whatever. Right. But, yeah. but like that thing drives me crazy of like, well, there's just something I don't like because you just you just don't hear that going the other way. It's like if, yeah. if people dislike a man, they have specific, nameable, you know, traits and issues that they have with him. He did this. He's like this, you know, whatever. He's and like, with like women, it's like, right. Yeah. It's usually a crime. Like it's usually <laughs> that he did a crime. A and with women, it just gets to be this like broad, vague, intangible, like, well, you know, she just kind of reminds me of a girl who bullied me at one time where it's like, I, like, yeah, and that's her anyway. fault. How <laughs> it's just like, it's wild on the internet at the moment. <laughs> it's like when people like hate a name because like one of their high school bullies had that name and you're just like, but how is that the fault of Jessica's everywhere? Like, you know what I mean? Like, fuck. <laughs> Like, that is just something that they have no control over. Like, yeah. I, and I don't know. It also made me kind of laugh because I, I have some theories about what I think some of the themes of tortured poets will is going to be. And I, I think that TikTok and all of that, like, had such that energy. And I mentioned this earlier in the episode of that, like, male tortured artist. Like, I'm so much, like sadder than you or like I'm you know and I get right. to decide what art and I I think I think she released like an alternate cover and on the back is like let me pull it oh really you don't quick. get so to like, tell me about sadness yeah I was like oh I think that is gonna be part of why it's named that and what some of the reasons for the song titles and what we're getting at here and I thought it was so oh, yeah. funny. Just the t and I was like, I actually think this album's gonna be. And she said last night, she was like, I've never needed songwriting more than I did when I made this album. Like I needed to make this. I had, you know, when I was like, oh, <laughs> yikes. Oh. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, so you know how she released that cover, and it's it the version of it is called the Bolter. Yeah. Do you know what the significance of that is? I haven't know. <laughs> The look you're Their first, because right I've been so excited to tell you this because I saw it literally like right before we got on, and then I was like, oh, I bet Alex hasn't seen this yet because she hasn't sent me a video about it. Their first public date that they ever went on was at a pub in London called the Bolter. Oh. Taylor and Joe, and I saw that and was like, oh no. Yeah, I think it's, and yeah, we don't know, we haven't heard it, but the way that Joe and, uh, I don't know if his the thing, team. Maddie Healy went on this whole rant the other day at one of his shows that was like, oh, did. don't fuck with me, like, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm as whatever as I see, I'm like, I have receipts, but I mean, like, you know, first of all, who fucking knows anything that he is ever doing or talking about, but or if it's all just part of his, the persona he has up there on, on the stage. I, I I do not know. I do not claim to know. I mean, he also said on stage that. the other night that the entire theater performance of this entire tour was just because he and George wanted to smoke cigarettes on stage and they're allowed to do it if it's theater. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, who 
knows? Who fucking knows? Yeah. The way that him and Joe, and now there's all these things that, like, Joe wants to, like, tell his, like, he has things to say. It's like, you guys are behaving in a way that makes me think that you did something that you don't want people to not have your side of the story. (laughs) It's, and honestly, it's the, it's the same thing that, and we haven't even talked about this because this was like a week and a half ago, which now means it's like actively (laughs) not happening anymore, but it's so the same energy as what Megan the Stallion said about Nicki Minaj, where she was like a hit dog's going to bark or whatever she said, like where it's like, if somebody says something without specifically saying that it's about you, like it, if a shot is fired and nobody else knows that it's about you and then you come out and you're like acting like you've been wounded <laughs> like that, we all know what like what's been going on, you know, like it's it was so like to just be like and he has removed himself from her narrative and he is glad that he did that and, like, and all, it was just like and, and he hasn't said anything that's the about language their relationship <laughs> yeah. and it was like that he hasn't commented on their relationship and it's like she also hasn't commented she but she's either. a songwriter like she's a songwriter she's written songs about it as you knew she would do and yeah you still considered it keeping your relationship private when she didn't comment on it publicly, but she wrote songs about how much she loved you. Like that, that was okay. But now yeah. she's commenting on it. I and mean, it's like, well, did you think, like, did, I'm sorry, but did you actually think that you were going to be the first man that Taylor Swift has ever dated to not get the rundown. Like <laughs> the fact that fireworks just went off. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. That just. But yeah, I mean, I can't wait to. Squadcast said you made a point. <laughs> <laughs> Squadcast is like excellent point. Squadcast uh, said. Yeah. Squadcast said drag him uh but yeah she like last night did the whole thing where like i never needed songwriting more blah 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 and then played you're losing me so oh <laughs> yeah that that man is gonna he's not making it out i want to be surprised though i don't i don't think it's gonna be entirely you know joe i think she's gonna touch on that because she's she's dated a there have been a one or two or three to fit into that uh, tortured soul or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Narrative. So I could see. Yeah. Bring up some. Uh, some For sure. Things. For yes. sure. Um, Bye. Did you see how fucking good Zendaya and the Dune cast looked at the Dune London premiere? And ev- every single one of them. And this again goes to one of our 2024 predictions, menswear. Like, everybody showed up and showed out. There was, and there was avant-garde showing up, like, stuff going on. Anya Taylor-Joy had that weird nun head condom thing on, but, like, kind of loved it. Kind of a slay. Um, You know, Austin Butler had his little cape thing. Like, everybody was looking Mm -hmm. sassy and fabulous. I loved it. I loved that everybody just, like, balled out. Um, and there are like, I'm, I'm really interested. I haven't read Dune 
And I, I actually didn't see the last mm-hmm. Dune movie because I kept like holding off on seeing it in theaters and then was like, well, I don't want to wait. Like, I don't want to see it at home. Yeah. Um, so I didn't see the last one. Now I'm feeling like I might watch it because people are so like one camp or the other on this one, which is either like mm-hmm. it was a movie or like it's the most insane thing I've ever seen. Denis Villeneuve is incredible. Oh my God. Like, has, can you even believe that anybody other than Denis Villeneuve has ever made a sci-fi movie? Because holy shit, like this is just broke my fucking brain. So mm. interesting. Yeah. I'm not, I've never read Dune. Not like super excited to see it, but they all looked great. I saw this, uh, there was like post that was like, I love how like the press tour is just basically like, look how hot everyone is in this movie. <laughs> For Dune. They really got it literally good. is. Like it's like and it's I mean well and it's it's the like it is by panic in a fucking group like in a foursome yeah. or fivesome. Like Anya Taylor Joy, Zendaya, Florence Pugh, Timmy Chalamet, and Austin Butler. Like it something for everybody. Like you got if you are not attracted to one of those five people, I don't I just there's I don't know what to do for you. You know? Like Yeah. Hot. Oh, and I also love like Zendaya. Hot, 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 hot. She put on this like black dress, but it was also like perfectly like nineties and simple, but in a way that like wasn't boring the way she styled it i was like god her stuff like good on her great so good so good um yeah so good for them and if you um if we haven't done enough to hype up the book club already but if you uh don't want to read dune but you do want to read uh dystopian sci-fi in a couple of months we will be talking about jeff vandermeer's uh annihilation on the book club um, which is dystopian, future, uh, sci-fi, yes. but way shorter than Dune. Way, 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 way shorter, shorter than Dune. So. It's also, I'm not like, a, I, I like, people say what's like new, weird. It's like a genre. I like it because it, it like happens in, or speculative, it like happens in a world. Like it could hypothetically, like it's a world that's like our own. It's like just Florida. <laughs> So it's not like super sci-fi in which it's like in a like post-apocalyptic situation. So it's a good one. If you're hesitant about science fiction, it's short. It's also like speculative. So it, yeah, it happens on like the coast of Florida. Um, And I love it. It's one of my faves. Maybe we should also talk about the movie. I'm super stoked. Oh yeah. The movie apparently is terrible. It's not so let's do it. But yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think that's all I um, uh, Okay, cool. So we will be... <laughs> I got properly worked up about all the things I needed to get off my chest. Yeah, yeah I yelled about all the stuff mm-hmm. I had to yell about today. Um, so we will be back in a couple of weeks to talk about um, the Oscars films. Yes. Uh, we're both working our way through watching uh, most, if not all of those. Uh, it's a long list, y'all. So um, we're working on that. And we are going to have that episode available um, before the Oscars actually yes. happen, uh, which I think is on Mar- March 5th. Yeah, in March, mid-March, early March. Yeah. Okay. Or usually like March 12th um, or something like that. So we will be... 
Um, oh, that'd be great. That's even longer to watch this. <laughs> anyway, that's off air talk. Um, we, yeah, we'll be back to talk about that um, unless uh, something more pressing happens first. Yeah. Um, but watch. we are excited to bring you that. Thanks for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lag today, me. so I just I yeah, keep so. <laughs> You're I know. I was like, why are you pausing <laughs> so long after I say something? <laughs> what did I say? Oh, we should go. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Late Friday uh, afternoon. It's time. Um, yeah. No. Well, glad to talk to friends. you. Glad to talk to the people. All right. Um. <laughs> Don't eat your friends. Don't. Bye. Yeah, don't eat your friends. I don't fucking know. All right. Bye. Bye.